But if they get to the SEC championship game this year and lose to Alabama, it will stink and it will be terrible. And it will hurt. will be upset. It will hurt. But the one thing I do not think anyone's going to have is, oh, no, when are we going to get this opportunity again? And that, to me, feels like an active shift in a very positive way. What's up, Georgia fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 106 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Now, this is usually where I take a little bit of editorial control on the show and share a few sentences or thoughts on the upcoming game Georgia set to play, but not this time. We're just going to jump right into the show because it's an especially long one, and we cover a wide variety of topics throughout. My co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me in the studio to discuss the overall new mindset or shift and how Georgia fans perceive this 2017 team compared to past teams like at the end of Mark Rick's era and Kirby Smart's first year. Then there's the Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm quarterback discussion. And of course, we dive into the Missouri preview. We won't forget that. Towards the end of the show, we wrap up with picks for the big national and SEC games of the week and share some of our most recent podcast reviews and answer your tweets and questions. So like I said, it's a big show. Here's Will to get us started. So, gents, I was thinking something. We have reached the point in the Georgia season where things are obviously going well. I was at a party this week with a bunch of Georgia alums, and everyone's very excited. I kind of joked, we joked a little bit in the post game, and we saw on Twitter as well. I wrote a column about this for Sports on Earth today, as a matter of fact, about uh, the Eason from thing. And what I'm really noticing is there are a lot of people. When the team is as good as Georgia is and is playing as well as Georgia is, inevitably. You know, you learn, you're learning a little bit about the fan base. You're learning a little bit. Some of this is an ongoing thing that I'm, you know, an ongoing sociological process. I'm learning about the Georgia fan base. The first three years, you know, I went, I, I've really only been following this team this regularly for, for four, uh, I guess, five years now. Uh, and I went through a particularly tumultuous moment with the Mark Rick thing. That was a big thing that happened, and now this is the new era. And now we, I'm seeing for the first time what it's like when Georgia has a really, really good team at the start of the season. I think 2012, there was some there, there, but I think there was still a guarded... I think there's less... Like we joked earlier about about whether Scott was going to drink bourbon with us tonight. (laughs) We didn't know if we wanted him to. I actually paused Mm -hmm. to go get my glass to get it, and then we we thought better. Yeah, Yeah, well, look, I will freely admit that... Part of my pump the brakes nature this year is part of, of and I, I, I joke about being a broken Georgia fan, but that is part of it. But part of it also is, yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of like played the role of expecting something bad to happen. So I'm a little afraid to change that right this second. And I understand that, and that's why that's why Scott was unable to drink. Uh, and, he can and be I've, drinking bourbon now, but Tony would not let him because he hasn't drank all year and the team's undefeated. And I fully understand that that is utterly, utterly oh. a real thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I understand that. I understand that. I'm with you. You, you I may be, you know, Mr. Logic guy, but I mean, you don't talk about a no hitter. I'm no, sorry, you just don't. You talk just about don't no talk hitter. about no hitter. And so I understand that idea. But what I'm finding is there is now all of a sudden everybody's down with Georgia. It's exciting. It's a fun thing to be. Uh, it's a fun thing to to be on about. Um, I saw when we were discussing we were discussing everyone's favorite hosts on this podcast. One of the th- reasons given in favor of Scott was that he was committed to the G from the <laughs> beginning. Now that that that's that I, I agree. You have all been you you're committed to the G. Tony is as committed to the G as anyone that I know. And uh, I I feel like I is that a dig at you? 
No, I know. I, I think there's a lot of reasons that, that have digs at me on the show. <laughs> uh, but my argument is, what I'm saying is, it seems to me that what this is something I've not experienced yet as a watcher and a viewer of Georgia football. I have not seen Georgia bandwagon yet. I haven't seen it yet. This is the first experience I've had with it. I, I, it's not huge yet because still this team's just six and zero. Oh, they're top five, which is very exciting, and the defense is so great. But this is the first time I've seen not just wow. I don't that sense of doom that I'm waiting for the sky to fall. I feel like every week is another refutation of that. I'm also seeing a little bit of the yeah, here we go. We're on board. This is where we got rid of Rick. This is what we wanted, and so on. I defy any of these people that are supposedly so committed to the G. I'm assuming the Venn diagram between those people and the people that said, I'm not watching the Liberty Bowl because this bowl is beneath us. There's a lot of crossover there is what I would argue. So for me, it's, you know, I've always kind of argued that this is sort of like weird Georgia fan that almost feels like they either want to be unhappy or they want to be angry about something. And I think you're seeing uh, that crossover a little bit with this team that is organically exciting and so much fun to watch and, and, and such a, a joy to just, it's just, a, this has been an incredibly exciting thing to have happen. You're seeing now a lot of, oh yeah, this is what I always knew this was supposed to be. And I'll say it makes me feel a little awkward and, com- and uncomfortable. Well, I mean, you know, before anyone says that I don't, <laughs> I, I get the, everybody's, you know, Scott's committed to the G and that, that's, I, and I, I don't say that to be funny for a change. Um, Scott is committed to the G. He like is committed to the G. He's got a G <laughs> tattoo somewhere. Um, it's, 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 he keeps it's, asking it's, me to guess where it is. is. <laughs> I really don't like that It's the most hard part somewhere. But the, you know, like, I don't, I mean, look, I went to six games in 2010 and I lived in Illinois at the time. So, I, I'm, you know, I am not a bandwagon fan. But the one thing I will tell you that is the most interesting thing to me that feels different this season than it has in any other season. And part of the reason why I think I keep expecting something to go down. We talked about 05, for example. You know, we started out 6-0. Then we went to Jacksonville and lost by four points when when um, Shockley got hurt and then lost by one point to Auburn. We still win the SEC championship game. We still beat an uh, LSU team that we uh, were something like a 14-point dog to, if I remember right. We were we were fairly significant underdog to LSU that game. Well, they came out and just stormed them from the beginning. They didn't right, have a chance. Right, They didn't have a chance. Um, the And we were personally responsible for Rich Rod getting the Michigan and then the, then the Arizona job. The, um, and by we, I mean, you know. <laughs> None of us yelling in the stands, watch for the fake punt. Fake punt, yeah. But no, but I digress. Part of the reason why I'm I'm, on, I'm wary about that is like every fan of every team except for maybe Alabama for the past six, six to eight years can say this. We got so close and then that thing happened. Yeah. Right? And you could say the same thing about several Georgia teams under Mark Richt. I mean, you could actually And you were make, skeptical about the Rick firing. Both of y'all were. Yeah, we, I, yeah I, the reason I was skeptical about it is that it had everything to do with the process. It was the Georgia way. It was changing. Well, it was just not just that. Was that was more it was, my thing than, than Yeah, it was, it was really the, the process by which it happened. The fact that they had a press conference with, with Rick acting like he was retiring well, when they just fired him while sitting next it's, to him. It's a lot of things. But I, I, what I keep coming back to is this, is that, and part of the reason why I think it's going to happen is that you know, look, if we keep winning football games, I'm going to be as happy as anybody, and I'm going to be wherever, wherever whatever happens goes down, I'm going to be there at that ball game. Part of it is, is, self, is a little bit of mental self, um, self-help in, in trying to make sure I'm not over 
I'm not being too excited about this because, you know, I'm I'm 49 years old and I've been a Georgia football fan for 49 years, <laughs> um, a, a solid 40 years of that. Where you know where I can say a cognit- I can cognitively remember, and the the thing about it to me is that I can only think of a few times where we had a football team that's playing this well on both sides of the ball or, or well enough on both sides of the ball and in special teams to make me think that things could things could go really 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 well for the team over the over the rest of the season and every single one of those times but the 1980 season something went down twice it went down in the sure bowl uh yes i'm old enough to remember dan marino but that's 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 where i come from with that now I am with you. It is great to me to see people jumping on the Georgia bandwagon. And that's fine. I have nothing wrong with that. That is great. But what is more important to me, and I keep coming back to the Natchez Patrick thing, we had a starting linebacker on the number two to five defense, no matter how you count it, get arrested for pot mm-hmm. on Thursday night before a road game. And this, it was a it was a two-line story. It was a five-minute story nationally. And then it, then they moved on. That is where the Georgia football program is now. It's no longer about losing respect. It's no longer about losing control. It's no longer about what's happening in Athens. It's less than an ounce of marijuana. It, plus, plus, opinions have changed on if Mark Rick were the football wrong, coach. Scott, I if agree Mark with Rick were the football coach, it would have been an entire day of breathless coverage on SEC Network about what I just I just and think you know it would have been two years ago. Pot wasn't legal, but in one state, maybe two states, and now it's legal in Las Vegas. And I mean, I think a lot of people probably saw this. Like, I, I, Scott, I think you're really. I know my opinions have changed on on not. Oh, Scott, I I have to say, I totally agree with you. I think that, like, I think part of what you, I understand what you're saying, and I think that you're right. I don't uh, smoke pot, but Um, I, I no longer. (laughs) He doesn't drink bourbon either. You decide. Yeah, exactly. I have two small children. The idea of smoking weed is good lord. I can barely get up as is. Tony, I agree with what you're saying, and I think that you're right, and I think it is a shift. Mm-hmm. But I also think there is something to what Scott's saying as well in the idea that, like, five, five years ago, that's a look at the Georgia players in trouble. Yeah. Now I think there's a lot of yeah, shame on you. Don't you understand you're getting a free education? How mm-hmm. can you ruin that opportunity? And now I think there's more of a, okay, it was less than an ounce. Well, like, settle down. Well, did you, I, heard, I heard the way what it did, and I mean, basically – Pulled up to Kroger, left the lights on, just ran in, and like, well, the, the, I mean, that, the, the quickie mart, the quickie mart in downtown Athens, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he stopped. probably went inside to get rolling papers because he had shaken his console. Well, allegedly, let's, yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah. But that's, the point that, is, that, that's, is, that's neither here nor there. Like, is there like is there a single person that th- like honestly, in all seriousness, that th- not only just in this room, but I mean, listening, that thinks less of him no. because of that? No, of course. But like, I think that's something that attitudes have changed. In the last five to ten years, and I and so I think it's, I think you're both partly uh, right. Uh, right on this, and uh, but I and I do think it's a shift, but I I just I kind of feel like if we're going to talk about the shift and we're going to talk about how different things are now, the one thing that I do not want to hear is if Georgia loses a game, particularly if they lose a game against a really good team like Auburn or a really good team like Alabama. Yeah. I don't want to hear. Same old Georgia. Here we go again. Because it's not. Well, that's what I said last year. Yeah. Right. And the year before. Yeah. Right. 
Well, I don't know, but would you say it this year? If they lose to Auburn, a team that is in a top 10 team that's at home, that is hot and ready to go, if they're undefeated going to that game and lose to Auburn, even if they lose, would you, if it's a great game and they play well and just something goes wrong or Auburn makes a great play, do you feel like, oh, same old Georgia? You know what? I heard from a lot of people, Georgia fans and Alabama fans both in 2012, the golf club, man, that was such a great game. I mean, it was just a great college football game to watch. And I was like, that doesn't make me feel any better. Oh, yeah, it's, it certainly yeah, I was crestfallen right. on my knees at some bar in Buckhead. Just as, was, as that, as the time ran out, I was that way, like with the play in front of me, yeah. but I will also say that being objective, Tony, it was the best college football game I've ever watched. Exactly. And exactly. However, when you, when you then left Everybody talking, and you're driving your car. You're like, "Dang, it's the same old." Yeah, now, but, see, but, that, but, see, those are two separate things. But one we'll, is we'll, that sucks. Yes. Another thing is same old Georgia, and those are two separate things. But to Will's point, if we lose to we lose to Auburn, or you know, if we we continue to win and play an SEC championship game and lose to Alabama, um, maybe maybe it depends on how we lose, but I'm not going to feel that way. Absolutely, I, I, mean, I predicted we'd lose to Auburn. At, you know. Five, six, eight, eight weeks ago. But the kind of losses I'm talking about are to Missouri, Missouri this week <laughs> or to Kentucky or to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech out of the blue, yeah. right? Yeah. Those are the kind of yes, losses I'm I talking agree. about. And those are the kind of those are the kind of games that you those are the kind of games that uh, a ten and three George, uh, Mark Rick team would lose that made me broken, yeah. right? And I think a lot of fans would agree with that. Now, I I agree. This ever played, you go ten and three, it's a good season, and, and I don't. I, we we can we can have that debate if you want to. Yeah. Big admission uh, for me on that lad pasta. Right? No, no, no. To come back but but you're right. But but you're right. But you it also if you simply pull that data point out and say, well, the ten and three, blah blah blah, we were ten and three in an SEC East that was. Really winnable, yeah, and right. we did it for several years in a row. Yep. And it was easy in August to say the SEC East is winnable. Blah blah blah. It's really easy to look back when um, a Tennessee team or a Florida team or a Missouri team. The second time, the first time they were a good team. The second time, the Michael Sam year they were good. There's yes, stadium, right, yes. Right. The second year they went where they were a. You know, I think Bill Conley would tell you they were like thirty first in yeah. the S and P, right? And he, I mean, he's a Missouri guy. Um, those are the kinds of seasons that that I look back on as a Georgia fan, and we're like, "What have we done? We just squandered away opportunities to be relevant." And now that we're relevant, it feels good. It feels good for us to be a part of the the national conversation for something other than stupid arrest, players fighting, <clears throat> blowing see, opportunities. Uh, right. It feels good. You know, and this I think context matters too. I'm sorry to bring up 2012 SEC championship oh, game again. Bring it up. But the thing about that game, and I th- and, and and again, I, I experienced that game in my apartment in in New York City with my wife, who we were on the third, we were on the uh, the 22nd floor of our our building, and I thought she was going to jump out the window. <laughs> and, and like obviously everybody suffered through that game, but I feel like, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like also part of the suffering of that game was not just the loss, but it felt like. Man, we don't get these opportunities yeah. very often, yeah. and we got so close, and we didn't make it. And I will say again, Georgia has not won the SEC East. There is still Florida coming up, and that mm-hmm. is going to be the big thing that that, that you got to get through. But if they get to the SEC championship game this year and lose to Alabama, it will stink, and it will be terrible, and it will hurt. Will be upset, it will hurt. But the one thing I do not think anyone's going to have is, oh no, when are we going to get this opportunity again? And that, to me feels like an active shift in a very positive way. 
Well, I think there are a lot of us that would tell you that we felt after 12 that we had finally made that turn. And frankly, that I think you can draw a direct thread between the end of that game, what happened the next two seasons, and particularly in 15, and with the change that happened at the end of 15. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And then you think that you're on par with Alabama, and then they come visit Samford. Yeah, that also may have been a pivot point. Samford. 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 Yeah, I mean, the rain and just the – I mean, they were what? They were up 30 to nothing. Georgia was favored. Let's not forget that Georgia was favored in that game. Look, I know what the Alabama message board says, but Nick Saban doesn't actually control the rain. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, it was raining. Uh, I was there. I know how much it was raining. But every time I hear, but it was raining, I'm like – Dude, come on. Alabama had to do it through the rain. We just got our asses whipped. Yeah, I saw, Nick Chubb had a great a run. A bunch. Yeah. I saw someone uh, this weekend that I actually met and only met at that time at the Alabama. Mm-hmm. I saw her, she was like, oh, I'm like, oh, hi, I'm Will. And she's like, oh, no, we've met. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't remember when, where we met. And she said, oh, at the Alabama game. I was like, oh. Wah, so you were, just, um, you were just one of the swamp things <laughs> that were surrounding all of us. I have, I, I have no recollection of meeting can you. All. Can you get in the shower and put on a parka? Because that's <laughs> only I'm going to remember what you <laughs> look like. I actually already asked her that before I even actually <laughs> well, know. That um, seems right. So. Well, let's get into the Missouri game because that's the game that's happening this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I looked at uh, – Georgia is a 28-point favorite. Now 32 and a half. 32, 32 and, a half. and a half. Holy cow. Well, that's what it was today. That's what it was today. If that line holds, that'll be the largest line Georgia's ever had against a Power 5 team. That's amazing. And it's also, it'll also be the biggest underdog Missouri's been since the year 2000. Wow. And that's pre-Gary Pinkle. Yeah. Woof. Are you sure? Yeah. He wasn't born there? Well, no, he wasn't the coach. <laughs> he wasn't the coach then. Yeah, it was uh, Smith. He but, was uh, coach, uh, yeah, Larry, Larry Smith. Larry yeah. Smith. Yeah, wow. and they were in the Big 12 where they still mm-hmm. should be. Back when they used to play Illinois. I think it was just the Big 8 then. Maybe so. But um, Missouri is the only FBS – no, I'm sorry. The only SEC team without a win over an FBS opponent. Remember they had that shootout with Missouri State to open yeah. the season. But they almost beat Kentucky pew, pew. this past weekend. Actually, that was a really good game. That was that a low-key good game. Did you game. see how controversial it was at the end? Uh, yeah, we can talk about that. That was uh, the SEC SEC officials really blew that. And then they came back and were like, sorry, Missouri. Uh, yeah, we, we dropped the ball on that. Actually, you dropped the ball. Yeah. They didn't drop no, the ball. Kentucky punched, Kentucky punched the ball out. And then it, the that was a, there was a whole comedy of errors. But, and they were only down by six. Yeah, well, they, they, I mean, they would have like, run one more play. They might have gotten two or three, but you know that's just one of those things. When you're having a bad season, that's kind of how the luck goes yeah. for you. They we, are, we feel your pain, Missouri fans. Yes, I am. Uh, uh, I'm very good friends with most of the staff of the St. Louis Post Dispatch. They have actually made a conscious decision to veer away. They traditionally have covered Illinois sports and Missouri sports fifty fifty. <laughs> they have made a conscious decision to go almost ninety ten toward Missouri. Uh, much to my frustration, I would argue because most of the entire staff went to Missouri because it's a very good journalism school. As is Illinois, but not as good as a journalism school. The point is, is I've been following those guys a lot. Odom is. They're, they're already so dark on him right now. And they were dark in that Missouri game. Like that Missouri game, Missouri, Missouri State game, that was a game where already you were starting to see. And it's funny because, you know, one of the things I think hurt them too, I know this guy doesn't like when we talk about basketball on this podcast, mm-hmm. but there's so much basketball excitement around Missouri. They got, two, they got the top recruit in the country. They've got a the new coach. There's, like there's so much excitement about that program that <clears> they <throat> are in the in what a lot of people say about the Georgia basketball program right now, actually, is that what the more Georgia football does, the higher expectations are for Mark Fox to be, to be better. I think that's right. And I think that there is now, and of course Missouri 
you know, they have, Quanzo Martin hasn't coached a game yet for them. But clearly he's done, there's, he's created excitement there that I think is making people more disappointed in Odom, which is to say, Odom, for a guy who's only in his second year, looks like he's in trouble there already. Well, I think what Odom inherited was a little bit of a mess, but they also have, Missouri also has structural problems. I mean, they don't even have their dorms full. Yeah. They rent their dorms out to visiting fans, to fans coming in from ball games. Um, that's a bad sign. And that's a, that's a bad sign. I mean, that, there's, a, there's a long-term issue there for Missouri. And Missouri, of all the football programs, they have probably the hardest job recruiting. It's probably even harder than Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt you know, creates a niche. They, they compete with Notre Dame and Stanford and other uh, programs like that, they can say, we, you can, we'll put you in SEC stadiums and you'll get this education, right? Uh, and Duke, I guess, is, is probably another one. Um, you know, Missouri is another good but random state school that is competing for the Texas market and the Midwest market, and but there's not particularly close, and it's also a Columbia is a beautiful town. It's but it's also a, you know in between the two major metropolitan markets. Right. It's like it's, almost exactly halfway between Kansas right. City and St. Louis. So what you have is no natural recruiting base outside of where they always traditionally recruited, which was Texas and a little bit into the Midwest. And they even have to fight for St. Louis. And they have to fight for St. Louis. Right. Um, and now even, well, we'll see what Kentucky continues to do, but Kentucky had actually made inroads into the Midwest there for a while. They're in a tough spot. They're yeah, in a tough they're spot. in a very tough spot. And it's funny, but, you know, I, we, I joked about this in the podcast before, but I remember when Missouri came to the SEC, I thought, okay, 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 well, they're going to get drilled in football. Uh, but basketball, they'll be like such a great program to add. Of course, it's been the opposite of that from the beginning. I will say this looks like the water reaching the level it was probably always supposed to meet uh, in the SEC. Like this, uh, you could make an argument that Missouri macro since in a 25-year stretch is maybe to the SEC football-wise what Rutgers is to the Big Ten. And, and, and I think that I think, I don't, and I think Missouri's a better program than Rutgers. I think if Missouri were in the Big Ten, which is probably where they should be, frankly. Or the uh, Big 12. Yeah, or the Big 12. Uh, if they were in the if they were in the Big Ten, they could be a middle of the pack, but they just can't compete with, with, with the SEC schools. And it's hard for me. It, it, they had a nice little start. Obviously, they had, and it's funny. They started with like one of their best teams with Michael Sam and all of these great players on that team. They are getting back to their natural water level, and I think it's going to be. Uh, I there's always going to be. I think a. a visceral knee-jerk fear that Georgia fans have of Missouri a little mm-hmm. bit just because there oh, were just yeah. some freak weird games and they and they called and they and they took their SEC title from them a couple times but I think Georgia, I think Missouri is going to have a pretty rough it would not be surprised me to see Vanderbilt and Kentucky consistently finishing ahead of Georgia of Missouri over the next uh, 10 or 15 years. Well, Georgia's all-time record versus Missouri is 5 wins. And one loss, and that of course that one loss was uh, the Maddie Mock game in 2013. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was one of my first games ever here. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was a Maddie Mock game. It was also a Michael Sam game. Michael yeah, but, Sam no, was that was a legit game. Dominant yeah. that game. Yeah. yeah, and they had uh, James Franklin came in. Mock got hurt, and Franklin mm-hmm. came in and just lit us up. Yeah, yeah, he threw some long wobbly yeah. pass. It was like 150 the... degrees that day. It was like it was. I think it was really hot that day. I think you were just New York, used to New York. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, possible. No, yeah, was, you're probably was, right. It was <laughs> It's um, so hot. I mean, it's probably you know in the lower to middle eighties. That's monstrous. But Georgia, <laughs> Georgia comes into this game with the fifth longest active win streak in the nation. 
I have seven wins in a row. Okay. Is right, that trivia? Right behind them is Alabama. Okay. Can we, can we go through who uh, has longer winning streaks? Clemson? Clemson. Must. Okay. We've already done this a couple weeks ago. We did? It hadn't yeah. changed. The only one that changed that dropped out was Wake Oklahoma. Forest? What? No. no. They had a margin of Southern victory. Southern Cal dropped out. So, average margin of victory for Georgia right now stands seventh in the That's nation at 25 points per game, which is pretty impressive because <clears throat> previously it hadn't been on the list but you know when you beat Tennessee 41 nothing and Vanderbilt 45 to 14 then yeah. that, it doesn't, doesn't hurt I bet a lot of the I bet a lot of those helps. top 10 teams did not play on the road against Notre Dame as one of their non-conference games I, I wouldn't think so no um you know like Missouri's and you you have all the stats over there Missouri's offense is like second in the conference in yards per play uh, I'm sorry in yards per game but they've they feasted on some so the two the two teams they play that have decent defenses Auburn and Purdue were not nearly that good. Um, Oof, Purdue wasted them. Oh yeah, they did. They did. They did. <laughs> and Purdue's a little better than I think we all thought they no, were. No, I at think that Purdue's time. exactly yeah. what. Yeah, they they're exactly what you expect out Jeff Brown. Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things I saw was, uh, and Georgia might want to get ready for this, but the Missouri has an offensive guard named Alec Abelin, A B E L N. Okay, he started at fullback against Kentucky. Anyone want to take a guess at what he weighs? Where does he think he plays? Iowa State? Um, 392. No, no, no. Come on, come on. Let's uh, not be ridiculous. 305. 305. So 305 395 pounds. doesn't seem ridiculous. <laughs> 305 pounds starting fullback. So I would look for that. If they're, if they're trying against Kentucky, just trying to get anything started with their running game. Um, it didn't really work that well for Kentucky because they had a pretty decent run defense. On that, so uh, if you if you kind of spy a guy wearing a fifty number lined up at fullback, that's their offensive guard. It's their new little wrinkle they're throwing in there. I have to think that they're going to try to win throwing the ball. Is I mean, well, they should because Drew Lock has the arm for it. Well, yeah, it's, it's a it, it feels like a fool's folly right now trying to beat Georgia running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, that's what they're good at. They're good at uh, throwing the ball with Drew Lock. While they do run the ball a little bit, even involving those two running backs. Um, out of the backfield in the passing game. I mean, one you got to look for is, is Ish, Ish Whitter, Whittier. In reality, they they do try to throw the ball um, a lot, and you know that's the place where, you know, frankly, Vanderbilt did okay throwing the ball. Yeah. Uh, when you look at their advanced stats, uh, they're pretty decent. Um, when you they're pretty decent throwing the ball, they can be explosive. They have some long plays. If Georgia doesn't get the pressure up front that. That you need to get and allow Deldon to drop back six, six to seven, eight guys. Um, you know, there's opportunity there for Vanderbilt. I mean, sorry, Missouri <laughs> to, to to put some some yardage on the board and, and potentially score. I mean, I think this is ultimately a pretty good test for Georgia. To be honest, yeah, I think like, that's right. Yeah, like that, that's one thing. Like you listen, I don't think there's something anything to be worried about from the past defense because Vanderbilt put up a few yards uh, passing. But I do think that's the one thing. Clearly, the run defense is on. <laughs> we don't have to worry about the run defense. But, you know, we, they also have not really faced a pocket pass other than last week. And now they get another one. Now they get a better one, frankly. I think they're going to be able to put up a bunch of points on Missouri. And to me, the, the question is, is this a 42 to 21 game or is this a 42 to 7 game and I think that's the question and that the answer to that may be in the, in the Georgia secondary when it comes to the offense you know one thing that stood out to me that I found really encouraging and, and quite interesting was the third down pass the third down pass efficiency for uh from he is 20 of 34 on third downs this year for 274 yards and six touchdowns which equal Equates, I can't even speak correctly, which equates to a 
efficiency rating, and it also ranks fifth in the nation. So I guess this could segue us into the whole Eason Fromm talk because to me, why you know the, the coaches see that the coaches know those stats. Why, why why switch up something good? Even though Eason's known as the passer, they're like, hey man, Fromm, our guy Fromm here, he's uh, fifth in the nation of third down pass efficiency. Hey, as, as the as the staple defender of Jacob Eason. Uh, Jake Fromm should be starting. I mean, I don't think there's really any question about that. And to me, that's what we've talked about. Again, the coaches, trusting the coaches, I feel like they're handling this pretty well. And I feel like uh, particularly, you know, the thing that got Easton in trouble, of course, was the the pass play that, that, caused, that caused the fumble. That the first thing after the game with Kirby Smart said was, that was my fault. I really wanted him to throw the ball. Like, I wanted to set him up immediately with a pass play. And it was a bad play call, typically that, that deep uh, there. Like, part of that is, of course, the coach defending his player. But I also think that that speaks to that they still want to make sure Eason is active mm-hmm. and ready and for when needed, whether a from injury or whether he's ready to go. But that said, Come on, I'm, I'm, I think, I think long term, I still feel like I would rather have Jacob Eason in a key big moment uh, when you've got if you're behind in the fourth quarter than Jake Fromm. But I'm not, I'm less a, I'm less certain about that than I used to be, and b, the last thing this team needs to be doing is starting anyone other than Jake Fromm's quarterback. Yeah, I think there are a couple of signs that leads me to believe that you're probably right that Jake Fromm's the guy. First off, the installation of the run pass option uh, with with Fromm actually running the ball more. They they called that play a couple times with Easton. I mean, he handed the ball off, but he still ran the ball. Um, there's there's something else too. It's like Easton's not getting in with the ones. I mean, he hasn't come in with the ones yet. If you if your idea is that we're going to bring Easton back at some point, you got to put him in with the ones at some point. You can't expect him to practice with the twos, play with the twos or threes, and but then come in and start. Um, and I revert to my standard position. It's like you know what it doesn't matter to me. I have zero dog in the fight, and I trust the coaches to make this decision, and it's still a weird place for me to be. But, you know, it's a neat talking point, and we actually talked about this some on Saturday as well. You know, who's going to start? Who's going to start? Because that seems to be on the on the minds of a lot of people. But, frankly, it doesn't matter to me right now who starts as long as the coaches are pulling the levers in the way that makes them think they can win the ballgames. But right now, that seems like from. Yeah, and listen, I am Team Eason, but I am Team Eason not – Eason should be starting over from right now. I am Team Eason. We need to stop with the Eason better get his transfer papers ready. But yeah, that's like tough. that's this, that's what I'm anti. And because and frankly, this maybe can bring us into a little bit of a fields conversation. We don't want to get too much down this road because as Tony smartly pointed out in the last podcast, ain't nothing signed yet. Right. He, signed he, yet. He, it, all signs indicate he's going to sign the early signing period. Of course, and show up on campus in January. But you never know. Like, yeah. it's weird things happen. And also. We're t- like this team is six and zero. Why are we wasting too much time talking about future quarterback stuff? Yeah, but I do think there's a little bit of a relevant there's relevancy in this specific situation because it's funny. The thing with Fields is he's not necessarily a dual threat guy. He is more of a passer. Yeah, but he is more mobile than Eason, and frankly, more mobile than probably Fromm. If anything, but I would argue that he is actually more like Fromm than he is like Eason. That's probably right. And so when people talk about like, oh, well, now that he's here, Eason's got to get out of here. If anything, if you want that 
threat, if you want that kind of difference, if anyone's going to make, if anyone's going to feel like they're, there's, you already have that guy, I feel like Fromm and Fields are more similar than Eason and Fields are similar. Now, maybe Eason is an outdated guy, and maybe we're going to have an awesome championship game in two years where, where Eason's playing for Miami, and we're all having our, our, little, our little orgasmic moment about that. But, uh, but I, I, I'm just very wary of this kind of, okay, now that Fromm is great, and now that Fields is going... Uh, Eason only. I've heard uh, you've heard a lot about like Eason only came here for professional reasons because he thought it would help him in the pros and so on. And well, he's isn't that not why anybody goes to Georgia. Yes, I mean yes. Well, I mean, well, I thought well, Jake Fromm was a local boy that was look, just trying to cheer on the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, the interesting thing about it to me is this is you know how this probably goes right. I mean, this is setting up to be one of those classic situations where. Um, you know, I don't want. I don't want to say things that's going to make people think I'm. I want this to happen. So let me put it this way: Who? I mean, we have the best backup quarterback in the nation. Yeah, and we should I be very excited. And about we that. should be excited about yeah. that because they're in my mind. And and you you can at me. I don't care. In my mind, there's zero drop off, and there is actually upside potential if something were to go down and Jacob Eason has to step back in and play. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and that, that's how you protect yourself for a championship run. But what you don't do is when Eason comes in and fumbles and say, there we go. That's why we – and I'm sorry. That's kind of – That is. It that is. Right. It is. It's, 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 it's the so, exact same kind of thing. So dumb. And Brian Herring missed the block. Yeah, he did. He missed the block. Straight up. There's an argument to be made that maybe Eason could have made the throw before that, but on his first play, like that's such like that's why I liked what Kirby no, started. That, that, that play was designed. That was a design uh, little – uh, quick hitch, look to the flats, go deep. Hmm. Eason was turning, yeah. squaring up to go deep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, could have Eason done a little better job of checking his backside? Probably so. Maybe, yeah. But, but it was his, it, yeah, it was his, it's yeah. his first, it was his first in, long pass play right. in nine weeks? Yeah. Eight weeks? Whatever, six weeks? So, also, a number. Yeah. And uh, also, let's give some love three. for Eason. Also, can we give some love for Eason for that fumble that he dove on? That yeah. That's, that right, that's a great point. That I mean, that was a great. lot of hustle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So, but it was late. People had stopped watching at that point. So, but that was an awesome little Eason moment. So, but just just to make my stance on this clear. First off, congratulations. I feel like two two last things on this. One, just pretty awesome. Regardless of what what's going to happen with the quarterback situation long term. Just what a coup to get Fields when yeah. you've got like two great quarterbacks w- one year uh, after another, and then you go get the best one after that. That speaks to the salesmanship of the coaching staff. It speaks to uh, Fields feeling like this is a program that is rolling the right way. Like that's all. That's got to be like if I were Fields. I don't know if I'd go to Georgia. Like, that is – like, I don't know if I would unless I have, like, an emotional connection to them. I don't know if I would go there because I'm like, well, you've got a quarterback controversy between a freshman and a sophomore right now. Why would I go run in and do that? I think that speaks very well to uh, – and incredibly well to what the coaching staff is doing and what their recruiting is. Well, if you think about it – and I know that you, you can only play one quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that's, right. that's stating the obvious. However <laughs> – and in the Wildcats, sometimes we don't even do that. But however, think about, I don't know, Wild college ball. football or the mentality of some college football players even eight, ten years ago. We've got five five-star running backs <laughs> yeah. that are splitting time. Nick Chubb, who was a Heisman contender a year or two yeah. ago and could have, could be this year if he were given the rock 30, 35 yeah, if times If there weren't a game. four other guys. Right. <laughs> but you don't hear any quibbling yeah. with them, and they seem to get – better and you know like they're rooting each other on holyfield you, you've never heard him gets to, to get disgruntled he's number five on the depth chart yeah i mean yeah. deandre swift comes in 
is a true freshman and has already pushed Harry and, and Holyfield down. I, by the way, I really loved what Kirby said, and, and I felt this in the Tennessee and Vanderbilt games. The mindset is we want to make you quit. We want to make teams quit. When you just keep rolling five-star running backs out there. That'll do it. And, yeah. and, and you saw that the past two games. So a couple of things about Fields. First off, um, Jim Chaney definitely gets coffee. He can have, he can have the Glenn Gary leads, yeah. period. Yeah. Second off, you have to give him a lot of credit for what he's done with this offense. He took a lot of crap last year. An awful Some lot of it of crap. deserved. Some, Some of it deserved. deserved. Yeah. But this year, he is pulling all the strings. Yeah. That run-pass option, what they've installed, is beautiful. That flea flicker is beautiful. What they've done with the wild dog. I mean, look, I I, I was <laughs> on Nick Chubb's touchdown uh, run against Mississippi State when they lined the wild dog. I was like, oh god, yeah, really? You almost instinctively do that, now. right? And then they they pulled it out. And uh-huh. at some point, I am utterly convinced. At some point, they're going to find Jacob uh, Jacob from. They're going to find him alone in the end zone. They're going to they're going to throw the ball to him, yeah. right? Who knows? They might put Fromm and Easton both in and let them both be receivers. Why not? <laughs> if we get up 30 against – listen, Kirby, I know you listen to us. If you do that, tell, tell Chaney to run that play, please, <laughs> against Florida if we're up by 30. So, you know, it is really is a testament to what Georgia has rolling right now. And it comes back to my point. It's all great news. Yeah. And it's really good for the program. And as a fan, a long-suffering fan, oh, God, I'm excited by it. Yeah, and that, that's my last thing I want to say on this is, again, as Team Eason guy, and I, as someone I feel Eason gets a bum rap, and frankly, I get think partly, maybe this is the outsider perspective on this, I feel like one of the reasons he gets a bum rap is because Fromm is a Georgia guy, and he is not. And I think yeah. some, sometimes that manifests itself in, oh, he didn't play real competition in Washington. That's often the way, you know, it, that's the way uh, it's phrased. I'm not even going to say it. That's self-censored. Self-censored moment. Self-censored. I'm <laughs> proud of myself. I'll just close on this thing. As, as the guy that defends Eason and feels like people get on Eason so much, Fromm has been awesome, and he's got to be the starting quarterback for this team. Yep. I, I can't think that you would find many people disagreeing yeah, with you right. on that. I mean, Eason's parents, but... Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Probably so. Probably so. Is, yeah. um, a couple of recruiting targets that are going to be at Sanford, I think, this weekend. I could be wrong. I mean, I don't follow. Kickoff SEC Network. Yeah. SEC, it's on SEC Network. Yes. Okay. This would have been. The I, assume the, I assume the alternate, but yeah, this yeah. would have been the must. This been the Musburger game. This might have been the Musburger game. Uh, probably, yeah, the late yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Five star maximum drinking time in the day. Yes. Jamery <laughs> Sailor. Have you heard okay. Of him? Have not. Uh, and then defensive end five star KJ Henry. Uh, I've heard of Henry. Yeah. So yeah. you know you've you've got you've already got Zamir White. You've got uh, Fields now. It could just be the tipping point for this 2018 class because what a couple of months ago everybody's like they got one signee. Yeah, well, well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean Alabama's in the same place right now, right? They're twenty something. So hanging yeah. out with Georgia Tech. Except like for Georgia Tech seedling. This is not the SEC Network alternate game. This not, is the SEC Network game because the night games are Texas A&M, Florida on ESPN2 and um, Alabama, Arkansas on ESPN. Okay. Yeah. But I'm assuming yeah. – do they start, then they start doing that on ESPN. They start switching games. You, they've been doing that recently. We're like, they've, there's been blowouts and they're switching yeah, over switch to another over. game. Yeah, that's, that's part of their yeah. that's part of their deal. Their contract. So, they'll contract. Yeah. They'll put something on, on let's, you yeah. or let's just yeah. hope that Georgia Missouri gets switched over to no major channels this week. We'll be there. What's the matter to us? Because I don't. That means they're losing or something yes, weird happening. So, so here's a stat: Georgia is three and one all time in black jerseys. <laughs> God, right, here we go. Yeah, 
Okay. They Marcus Howard's not walking to that door. Well, I mean, is I mean, he? They, you have an awesome they basement. Won, <laughs> they won twice in 2007. Uh, once against Auburn, once against Hawaii, and the Sugar Bowl, legitimate Sugar Bowl, not the Splendor Bowl. Against, uh, <laughs> and, and that was Marcus Howard wearing his black jersey. Um, yeah, they lost to Alabama, but that was nine years ago. And then they pulled him out last year for the first time in, what, six <clears> or seven <throat> years against Louisiana Lafayette in a noon kickoff. Almost so, to get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. So my charge would be <laughs> it's a night game. It's an SEC game. So, you know, to me, you wear black jerseys at night. They look really good. And I think the kids, meaning the Georgia team, probably looks forward to it. There's no guarantee that South Carolina or Kentucky would be a noon kickoff. And you, there's no guarantee that our mojo or whatever you want to call it will still be happening. I mean, I know I know we're thinking that, but right. there's no guarantee because that's, that's after uh, Florida happens. So, I don't have any pull on black jerseys, uh, but I am just putting it out there that black jerseys would be a good thing. Now, a couple things that aren't good. The red tops and the black pants that they wore against Florida um, about nine years ago. I think Washon Ely uh, was on the team then. Do you remember that? Yeah, I'm not sure where you're going with all this. Well, I'm just pointing out what not what's oh, okay. Not yeah, talking sorry. about. Pants. I'm sorry, I didn't realize we went into the uh, sponsored by Dick Ferguson. Yeah. Okay. You know what? The red tops, black pants was when uh, Goldberg ran out. I think that's right. That would have been that was yeah, earlier than that was probably ninety eight or nine. Yeah. So yeah. the thing I was thinking about was 2010. Joe Cox, Washon Ely, the black helmets. Yeah. Terrible look. Yeah. Terrible look. Another terrible look. Were those? I was in the tunnel. That by the way, the were you, Florida were you like, game. Were you like, what are they doing? The Florida, the Florida game in '98 or '9, whenever that was. I still live in DC, and I was I came down, and because I'm not afraid to walk places, I just walk right on down, and it's like stood in the tunnel, and like I was on the field for a second. I was like, oh look, there's Goldberg. <laughs> Which when Goldberg was a thing. Oh yeah, I've, I've, later I will tell a one of my favorite pieces of writing ever is actually about Goldberg. Ooh, well, well, we'll talk share that. Oh, well, I mean, we, we, we've gone on long enough, but uh, but uh, yes, it is a from a uh, it's from a book called Jewish Jocks, which is all about uh, from a, a Ron, of, uh, Ron Brown. Yeah, yeah from yeah. a love from a. It's basically a series of essays by writers all about uh, Jewish athletes, and there's a wonderful, wonderful story about a war correspondent uh, who was covering the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And was able to find common ground between both sides over the respect and love for Goldberg the wrestler. That sounds right. Everybody wow. absolutely loved him. It's a, I, I encourage everyone to uh, to read that book. It's one of my favorite favorite essays about Goldberg. So I highly recommend it. If I read books, I would read that. Yes, I noticed one thing you've never brought up on this podcast, and I assume because you have good taste. The Nike abomination against BYU. I was going to bring Boise that up. State. Look, color rush on the list. combat. Boise, bad. Never, look, bad. ever. Look, bad, look, bad, look, bad. Look, let, let me be clear. I do not have opinions about uniforms like Scott, but that should never, ever, ever happen hmm. again. I had a jersey. Why? From that. Somebody was gave it, it to Was it free? A, a, a family member gave it to me. I Christmas. hope you it divorced was, the family member. It was an Aaron Murray 11. Jersey, and uh, I gave it away at a garage sale. That's right. Yeah, actually, That's right. I sold it. I think someone paid me like 20 bucks for it. I kind of hustled and I was like, yeah, this is uh, what they wore. They only wore this jersey one time. Scott, it's, so. it's okay. You paid someone $20 to take it. <laughs> My last jersey comment, and I've been very good about not doing politics stuff on the podcast. I hope you've noticed. I've, not been do- I've been very good about this. I've six very six good about- to no, y'all. That's what it gets. I've been very good. I'm not, this is a, this is a, I will say this is as apolitical as I can do. Hold it's on. weird. I'm Kermit. 
<laughs> it's weird that Mike Pence's wife doesn't have a legit jersey. Like she wore a, a Peyton Manning jersey next. The, so the 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 you know total bull poo no, moment where he gets his photo op and leaves. Whatever. But like when she like she wore her Peyton Manning jersey to that, and it's knockoff. There's no NFL logo on it. Like it's a knockoff Manning jersey. Probably, it was probably a, a a liberal Democrat blogger that. You Photoshop that out. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as fake news, yes, yes. But or me, it's I mean, possible she bought it like it um, at at whatever it's called in downtown Indianapolis Center Circle, yeah, something like, sort of Monument Circle a, from like, a street vendor. Whatever your thoughts about politics or Mike Pence or any of this, uh-huh. I think we can all agree. Karen Pence or mother I don't even know her name until right yes, now. Karen Pence or mother, as Mike Pence refers to her. His wife refers – his husband refers to her as mother. Uh, we can all agree she needs to get a legitimate jersey. Get her a legitimate jersey. She Bless her heart. She went out there to cheer on Peyton Manning and, and was uh, unfortunately had to leave because of a PR stunt. But I was very glad that uh, – very sad to see that she does not have a legitimate you jersey. You have lost the chance to speak about Illinois for a minute because of what you just did. Now, come on. That was I'm pretty take good. That away. Karen Pitt should – I'm just saying Karen Pitt should have an NFL jersey. She does. She seems like a very lovely woman. I think that she's earned the right. If she's going to wear a Peyton, while he's wearing a suit and she puts on a Peyton Manning jersey, we should be able to get her a legitimate NFL jersey. She's she's married to Mike Pence. Hasn't she suffered enough? I did. Mother mother, mother must be kept happy. I I did like how they had Jeff Saturday snapping to Peyton Manning and he threw it to Reggie Wayne. And they had the the broadcast. That's because Harrison was busy. Yeah, Harrison. Had so enough about uh, enough about Indianapolis <laughs> yes. Colts. Um, yes. I want. I'm going to hold a picture up right now, okay. and I will explain after I show it. This is what um, Florida is wearing this weekend. Oh, it's avocado green, isn't it? Oh, oh my lord! Talking about uniform. See, so the black jersey talk not that bad when Florida jumps the shark in uniform talk and does something like this. Yeah, or is what? I mean, this is like the ring. <laughs> it is. I think we all like it. Is. Are those scales? Are those scales yeah, on the jersey? Yeah, it's like a why. Well, they're Florida, gators, why? so it looks like it's a gator. All right. First off, first off, I will say something nice about Florida. Thank you, thank you, thank you for not doing that in Jacksonville. Yes. Second off, what in the actual? Wait, wait. They're not playing this week. Yeah, yeah. they're wah, off. Wah, they got to take wah, 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 Okay, they're off next week. So. What in the actual hell are you thinking, Florida? <laughs> Come on! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you, you lost my point to Ed Ordron's team. Just Google. You gave Ed Ordron his yeah. first SEC road win ever. Just Google SEC road win. Just Google Florida uniforms. It's bad. All right. So, question for you: Do you want to go ahead and do the picks, or do you want to go do podcast reviews? Because I think we do picks and podcast reviews can be our, our, our chaser. That can be our chaser. Uh, yeah, That's right. I think, I think well, let's roll through some picks. You got them up? You want me to pull them? No, I got them. Okay. I got them right now. So uh, now we'll do the pick Oklahoma. Also, pick. I, w- I would like to talk a little bit more about the political situation. Oh. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> Ill- it's so good. and Illinois football. It's so good. Let's talk about Illinois, Illinois football. Illinois football hosts Rutgers. Look, for the record, just in case. Waiting since last Friday, an Illinois podcast. Just, yeah. in, case, just in case some people are wondering. I am neither a Republican oh, or no, a Democrat. No, no. We don't have to do this. I just, have to do this. I just do don't this. care to speak politically, and I like to give Will a hard time because this is his job, a lot of it, is to speak politically. So it's kind of a fun little cat and mouse thing. I blame personally. Gonna... I blame Will personally last year because he won in that beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I so will never make just, that mistake I'm again. Just, <laughs> I just wanted to give people a backstory. To think. Really There's don't. no animosity <laughs> any way or the other. I someone's, just like to someone's keep... looking at the traffic numbers and introducing new 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 listeners. On yeah, podcast. I just like to keep it uh, I get it, apolitical. I get it. 
I think, um, I think we broke 100 this week. We have also, we haven't hammered the Chapel Bell curve for a while. So okay. Those guys. Yeah. Honestly, we're starting to get, like, I'll say this about the Chapel Bell curve. The supposed, quote-unquote, competing podcast to ours. <laughs> uh, I will say this about the Chapel Bell curve. Um, I'm reminded, because uh, I think they, they tried to call us out uh, on the last podcast. I'm rem- I always think of that episode of, <clears throat> of Mad Men mm-hmm. where the young ad guy goes up to Don Draper and he's like, what do you even think of me? What do you even think of me? And he's like, I don't think of you at all. He goes, he goes, I don't. I don't think of you. That is how I feel about it. Like, good for you. Good for you. You're doing your little podcast over there. Also, I, it was funny to learn uh, that the uh, that the band guy is probably the tougher guy to beat in a fight, but the bar yeah, guy. Band, trust me, is, band yeah. guys are scrappy. Yeah. So you met Justin. I met Justin. Justin is an excellent dude. He is. Uh, on a vastly inferior podcast, but uh, an excellent dude. Uh, yeah, who we I can agree. we can look up stats. <laughs> Yeah, and right. Well, yeah. I talk about Bill Conley a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were you talking about Bill Conley last yeah. year, and you, you don't like you know like get so Bill excited awesome. if he likes that tweet. Yeah. All right, let's get into the picks. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma. No, I'm, I'm. I guess you needed a fill a filler game. Georgia State at Louisiana Monroe. We need a filler game. Georgia State. Georgia State, man. Listen, What's the spread? Uh, seven and a half, but that's just for information only. Yes. It's the entertainment. Louisiana Lock. Yes. We spent way too much time on it. I'm going to pick Louisiana Monroe. Georgia State. Love Saints. the Panthers. All right. Uh, Rutgers, Illinois. We were going to let Will talk about Illinois, but he has forfeited that. So, what's <laughs> so Jeff George Jr. Because I mentioned Illinois. mother. I mentioned mother. Illinois. Uh, come on. We got, if they I'm ain't going to win this back game, on they it. win another. I'm game. back on it. I'm going to pick Illinois, too, because Will made mention how bad Rutgers was in uh, comparing yeah. him to the Missouri. Is this, is this game in Champagne or Piscataway? This game is Champ- in Champagne. Okay, yeah, absolutely. JGJ looked pretty good last week. All right, so. am I allowed to say the Red River shootout? Yes. Okay, because that's uh, – it, it just, just – Gets me every time I hear ESPN the Red River rivalry because I grew up here in the Red River shootout. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in the Second Amendment, so yes. Yeah. Uh, Texas at Oklahoma. ESPN does not want Oklahoma. to talk about deadly weapons when you're just trying to preview a football game. It's shootout and football. It's probably, is fine. probably bad timing also to start championing yeah. that after. It's always bad timing because they happen every week. But anyway, well, go ahead. this is not going to be a shootout, by the way. <laughs> this is going to be one team scoring points, the other team going like, "Please stop bludgeoning are you, us." Are you saying Oklahoma's going to Oklahoma? Yeah. Which is like, if Texas looked has looked a little wait a minute, does, does Texas start a linebacker at quarterback? Yeah, <laughs> that should be fine because they don't. They're pretty good. Te- by the way, we need to, we need to pour a little bit out for Jacob Park. Jacob yeah. Park was Iowa State starting quarterback who took a. Indefinite medical leave in the middle of the season, which led to them starting a linebacker at quarterback. Who had been a quarterback up to this season and yes. transitioned to be a linebacker. Yes. And because, now is back being a quarterback. But, and played both ways. How awesome is that? Gordy Lockbaum. Yeah. Like old Gordon I mean, he, he wasn't recruited as a tight end and right. played quarterback like some people. Okay. Anyway, point is, is I actually think there are two undefeated teams in the Big 12 right now. Texas in in the conference. Taku. Texas and TCU. Yeah. Texas has been a little better. They're coming around, but I think Oklahoma is going to have uh, the Oklahoma's righteous gonna, fury. This Oklahoma is going to score all the points on yes. them. Yes. Um, this is interesting. How would you feel if your team is four and two, and they are a touchdown underdog to a team that's one and three, and you're playing at home? Well, I would say that you're playing Florida State, and you're Duke. And you're Duke. Do you realize how close Florida State is to being 0-4? Oh, I know. Right now. <laughs> well, they're also really close to being like 4-0. Yeah. Nah, close to being 3-1, and maybe. But... Oh, yeah. So, they, so, they really never had a yeah. chance against So Alabama. can Duke make them 1-4? No. They played, they played really well against Miami. They just lost that game. They lost to Virginia, they lost to Virginia last week. 
What? No, no, Duke won't beat Virginia. So he lost to Miami. Yeah. Not talking about, yeah, you're right. Uh, NC State. Yeah. I'm yeah, Duke, Duke lost to Virginia last week. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought oh, Duke. Duke. You said Duke, yeah. Yeah, they're on a two-game losing streak. All right. Uh, Georgia Tech at Mark Richt. It's not at it's Bobby Mark Dog. Field. It's Mark Rick Field. Is this uh, where Mark Rick, Mark Rick, we thought Mark Rick was going to Mark Rick last week, but then he had an amazing Such victory. Such a, we do a weird out, we do a game. quick timeout to discuss Mark, that game? Sure. Because yeah. I, yeah. I will say, yeah. I, I watched that game. We, we all kind of got back from that. That was, I know we, we talked a little about the idea of the ideal Georgia fan and the so on committed to the G idea. Well, I personally believe that Georgia, it's harder to make a case against the idea that Georgia didn't make the right decision. Clearly what's happening with Georgia is something exciting and they clearly got the ball, got something moving right now. I don't know how you can't be happy for Mark oh, Rick. For a guy, my, my whole family was watching it. My kids were running around like it was oh, Georgia scoring. That like touchdown. bless it was great. Heart. Like he's an awesome dude. He deserves it. like. And there's always a sense when you say stuff like that. It's almost like good for him. No, like, we no, mean it. We he, mean he's it. awesome. He, and he's doing. He's doing great. Like it's still going to be a rough road from Naho. He's got some tough games coming up. But man, good. That's winning at Florida State. That's just a great win. What year did he win his first SEC title with Georgia? 2002. And that says what year of coaching? Second year. What year is he coaching at Miami? <laughs> Second. Sign me up, Miami. Yeah. Same with Kirby, second year. Oh, well, yeah. I'm not talking about I that. I mean, if though. he beats Clemson, I mean, that's... Oh, he, no, if he brings Clemson, suddenly, oh, God, we're, oh yeah. we're going to have to play them in a bowl game. Yeah, we're talking about something. If he beats Clemson... Or a playoff game. Yeah, say, if he beats Clemson, we're going to be lucky to get a chance Y'all, to play Y'all, let's not talk about that yet. <laughs> but, not, I am not ready. You're not ready. But across the board, like... My overarching memory of Mark Rick, everybody has their own memories, but my thing with Mark Rick is the pool thing they did every year. You know the pool thing where they'd all go jump in the oh, pool? I'm familiar with the pool thing. And it, was, and it was just always this like joyous, silly kind of thing. I'm glad that Kirby doesn't do that. Right. I'm glad they've kind of moved on from that. It's, they've moved on from that direction. But that's just a dude that you got to cheer for, and I'm very happy they're doing that. So you think he beats George Tech? I think he wipes out George Mark Rick don't want to win. All right, Navy, undefeated Navy. Number 25. They are good. And they're playing another good team. They're at Memphis. Memphis is favored by barely four. Yeah, I'm taking Navy. I'm taking Navy. Yeah, I got to take Navy in this game. It's a really weird game for Memphis, but give me give me Navy. Yeah, I'm going to take Navy as well. The UCLA victory is going to ultimately end up looking weirder. Than yeah. I think it should have. Uh, Oregon at Stanford. Four and two team versus four and two team. Yeah, Oregon has injuries everywhere. I'm taking Stanford. Yeah, Stanford's going to bludgeon them. I mean, it's going to be 17-13, but the Stanford, yeah, well, Stanford's going to bludgeon them. Yeah. Oregon's coach wears a whistle. I'm going to stay on that. I'm going to pick Oregon. All right, now we are in the SEC. We've SEC. got one, two, three, four, the five, sex. six games. Yeah, boy. All right, so we're going to start with Tony's favorite soon-to-be former coach. Rolls into uh, Tuscaloosa. Bert. I know. Mm. I know. I mean, look. Don't feel bad for me. I mean, I'm picking Alabama. I'm picking Alabama. Obviously. But, I mean, fatherhood's not been good to Bert. I mean, he used to be the guy that would bite you on the neck and get naked in a fight. And now he's just like, I just don't want to fight y'all. I mean, I get it, man. Like, fatherhood changes us all. Fatherhood changes us all. Yeah. Some for the better, some for the worse. And Bert for the, you know what? I don't really care if we run the ball that much. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird to see him as a, you know, I mean, I'm trying to have a good life work balance. 
Like, it's weird to see Bart being that guy. So, yeah. They're, I mean, the Oregon State job's open, so. Yeah, they're obvious. It is. That's an odd situation. Yeah. Alabama's know. favored by 31 and a half. That's not enough. Yeah. Which right. is around what it, Georgia's favorite. around what Georgia that's, Yeah, it's very it's, odd. Shows that we're just like Alabama now, right? Yeah. We're going to stop joking, talking about that. Joking, joking. I know you hate that. No, you hate that because Tony, pro- Tony will at you if you start referring to uh, yeah. Georgia and Alabama. We're Georgia, not Alabama, yeah. y'all. <laughs> William F. Leach is more open to the comparison. <laughs> All right. Uh, South Carolina at Tennessee. Wow, what a putrid game this is. Whatever, man. South Carolina's rocking right now. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Which one do we need to lose? Both. I mean, I mean if we South Carolina, we've yeah. already beat Tennessee. If we so need we to need. worry about it, we've already lost. Can we go with that idea? Oh, damn. That's very meta. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I'm just going to pick this off the top of my head. I don't want Bert, I don't want uh, Butch Jones to lose his job. So I'm picking Tennessee. I think if they lo- if they lose this game, do you think he gets fired? It depends on how they lose. They lose about 32. Yes. If they lose at home to South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. feels. Like I don't a know. I don't offense. know, dude. That's a that's a really big buyout. They are in the market already with Oregon State. I don't know what that means. Um, they're going to be in the market with probably Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in the market with probably UCLA. They're going to be in the market with more than likely who else? Which is one other team that would be a, a higher profile? Uh, there's nobody in the Big Ten. Um, I don't remember who it is now, but either way, I, I yeah, I mean, look, if Tennessee goes out and looks like they, yeah, they they fought with each other in practice this week, wait a minute, that's the thing that happened. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they lose by thirty two and don't compete. It's possible. I don't think they lose that much, but I still think South Carolina wins. I'm a closet South Carolina supporter. I actually feel like Muschamp has figured something out. Since Florida to become a better coach, yeah, it's they're, only, they're, yeah, South Carolina has consistently been a little bit better than you think they're going to be since he's gotten there. I think they win this game. I'm all in on South Carolina being consistently eight and four and losing to us. Yeah, I which think, is which. I, I, I tell you that I think I'm fine with, with that. that. I think you're right, and I think uh, Carolina will. No, they will not be happy with that. They are preseason national champions every year. <laughs> Dumbasses. All right, right. Um, Auburn at LSU. This game got weirder. I mean, I think Auburn wins, um, but I think LSU. I think LSU figured a couple things out. I don't think they win this game. This game's going to be a lot closer. What's the line on this? Probably fourteen. So it's like six and a half, six seven. And a half. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, it's that close. Oh, I wow. think that's a little crazy. That's, that's crazy a lot line. of love for Death Valley. Yeah, that's right. That's a, that's more than a three point yeah. home favorite. But Auburn. Yeah, I think Auburn Auburn wins big. But yeah, LSU kind of. Uh, if they didn't have, it's just weird how else you can't get quarterbacks. It's just bizarre. Because uh, like, Franks was committed there, yeah. and then I mean, Danny Florida. freaking Etling. I remember when he sucked for Purdue. <laughs> like it's bizarre. Well, I mean, we'll see who Orgeron recruits there yeah. after this year. quarterback. All right, uh, Vanderbilt started three and zero, and then they played Alabama, Florida, and Georgia in consecutive weeks, and now they get Ole Miss. Yeah. Maybe at a good time. Yeah, they also have a bye week next week. Two things they needed, Vandy. Can we get a report, by the way, from if there's anyone that lives near Oxford, to what the Grove is like this year? I'm very curious. What, like, have they noticed? You got a friend there, why don't you ask? Miss. Well, saw, he lives in Atlanta. He just went to visit. Old Miss is going to win the party. The Grove's full. So that's what I mean. Now, like, like, do they just? It's fine. Like nobody's in. Nobody cares. Like the, is, is the Grove is the same party as always? Well, they went through a long dry spell right, right. before Freeze. Um, 
I mean, but this is a particular. I mean, Nutt took him to the Cotton year. Bowl and he got paid for that. Right. But I mean, they've they've had a long, long, long thing. I mean, the Grove's always going to be the Grove. I think Mississippi is clearly in a. We're done. Like this, we're not going. Mississippi's favorite. Yeah, I know. I that's mean, we, crazy. We may look back, I mean, and this is a crazy thing to say, but we may look back. Ten years from now, and Mississippi people talk about the Georgia win in like reverential tones. You're very, you're very possibly right. Yeah. Absolutely. So you pick Vandy or almost? I'm picking Vandy. Oh, Vandy. I'm gonna pick Vandy as well. All right, uh, A&M at those ugly Florida Gator uniforms. Okay, so I have thought about this game before we even get into this. Uh, so mm. let's just go. You know, I have. We're going to do a Will Leach dis- first weekend of December hotel update. Bum bum bum. So, uh, already, because who knows who will play in that game, it's just exciting for me to watch high-quality SEC football. Maybe George will be a part of that, but whatever. I'll just be excited to be able to see an exciting football game. But if you were, theoretically, the type of person that hoped that Georgia would play in that game, let's just go through the standings of the SEC East right now because it's so funny to think if Florida loses this game... Hold on for a second. I've done... I know where you're going. I've already done this. Yeah. Like, if Florida loses this game, it is... Like, it's actually hard to come up with a way... Like, unless Georgia loses every game the rest of the way, it's actually difficult... Regardless of whatever our excitement about Georgia is, and regardless of what, like, wow, this team could be special, even if you don't think it's special, even if they've just stumbled through a bunch of crappy games, if Florida loses this game, it's actually really hard to see how Georgia doesn't win the SEC East. What Will is saying is that if Florida loses this game and Georgia beats Florida in two weeks, it's a mathematical likelihood that Georgia wins the East. Like, possibly at that date. Oh, no, no, no. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things have to happen. I think Kentucky has to lose one. Right, right. But, that's right. But, yeah, and that's, like, it is, it is, there is a non-zero possibility. If Florida loses this game, Georgia could clinch the <clears throat> SEC East by beating Florida in yeah. Jacksonville. Wow. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean it's likely to happen, but it is possible. Well, it could totally happen because A&M, I'm picking them. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, I am too. A&M got a safety against Alabama. They will win. What, six times <laughs> That should two? be worth like 18 points. Yeah, that's, they're going to they're gonna win. They're going to win 12 to 6. All right. Yeah. And then uh, your score prediction for Missouri-Georgia. Yeah, this is the question. Go ahead. Well, you know, I have been notoriously. I have been um, thinking George is going to win by fourteen points a bunch. Um, I I've watched Missouri play three games this season. All of them, they have not looked very good. Um, it would be really surprising to me if George scores forty two points again. Uh, so I'm going to say thirty five fourteen and leave it at that. Georgia I'm- wins. I'm of the okay. Thank you for adding in that last. I mean, you know what? <laughs> I want to make sure people knew I wasn't picking Missouri. <laughs> I um, I will say it's funny. Like I one of my I've joked about this before, but my biggest fear is that someone goes back and listens to our Alabama pregame oh, from two years ago. So it's funny because we were joking like, well, just to make sure you were picking Georgia in that game. Well, we all look quite idiots if something goes wrong. To me, the question of this game is. Can like this is the secondary test. Like this is actually kind of a nice game to have 
in this particular spot because this is another passing team. The one little thing that you might argue didn't go perfectly was the pass defense against Vanderbilt. Now we're facing a better passing team. That's good. Like, this is something I want to see. If, if We need that. Yeah, I agree. And so for me, I, my, I would – if. I think there actually is a difference between 42-7 and 42-21. Yep. Like there feels like a big difference in that. I'll split the difference and say 42-14. This is my turn? It is your turn. There's nobody in the room. Oh. I'm really glad you paid so much attention to us. Yeah, I was. I There's was, literally nobody else in the room. I was looking at my phone the entire time. Oh, my time. God. You were, you were Instagramming, weren't you? <laughs> you actually something. recorded Anchor podcast while we were talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was doing some. You were, you were flirting with those those chapel bell curve people right, again. Right, right. No, I think that uh, <laughs> I think Georgia, I think I mentioned earlier Georgia's. That's not Scott's bourbon. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, where was I? I'm predicting, <laughs> You're picking a score. I'm predicting a score. Yeah, so Georgia's been uh, winning by an average of 25 points a game, so I'm going to pick 35 to 10. I think that sounds about right. 35 to 10. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good actually, to me. Actually, you split the baby in half. Yeah. Split the what? Baby in half. It's biblical. Re- it's Solomon. Re- read Solomon. Yeah. I, I told you I didn't read much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm no. <laughs> not well. Okay. Well, I mean, well. hey, we, have some, we have some podcasts. We have, we, have <laughs> ro- we have some questions, right? Are you, uh, do you have questions? Yes, yes. All right. Yay. Completely off of my schedule here. I've got all my papers and everything. We've been getting tweets during the show, and that's what I've been looking at. Like we have people, Dot Juval. Well, we're getting tweets during the show. Did, did you tell them we were taping? People, yeah, yeah. People, people are asking about the Florida jerseys. Uh, somebody, Will Robinson, wants to know. Now we're going to hear Juavi Films decry when. When will we bust out the dog kittle movies? By the way, That's Will Robinson's uh, our friend from Seattle that came to the tailgate last oh, okay. year. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Good dude. Yeah, Very and then uh, Lee Munger uh, yeah, wanted to know yeah. what we thought about the Gator uniforms as we're recording. What does Thought Duval think? Thought Duval? <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> oh no, no, no! He gave, he gave us he gave us a review. Yeah. Yes. So, do we have questions and reviews? Yes. yes. Let okay, me get awesome. to it. I can I can speed this up in the power of the. I editing. can tell by watching you scroll through your phone while we're filling time. <laughs> All right. So, last Wednesday, and we're vamping, and we're vamping. Last Wednesday, we got a uh, podcast review from someone named Nathan from Chapel Booker Lee Price. Oh. Nate Dog. So. Give us a five-star review from a distant dog. I am a dog fan currently removed from the Atlanta Athens sports market, so all of my dog talk comes through podcasts. With that being said, this is my favorite dog-centric podcast. The guys do a great job reviewing and previewing the Bulldogs games and always offer good conversation in the process. Hey, fellas, what about the big picture of having Kirby leading our football program excites you the most? Um. I think that, uh, I mean, I, we've covered a lot of this, but I might uh, uh, generally argue that the thing that excites me the most is it's every time you see it, this is a team that is clearly, I keep going back to that thing you said. You, you had a great point earlier, Tony, when you talked about how Mississippi's win over Georgia last year is something they're going to talk about for like <clears> 10 <throat> years. As like a, wow, can you believe we wiped them out under Kirby Smart before that run? The idea that you, you had to get Georgia that first year before the ball got rolling down here, Hill, already not just that this team this year is good, but everything seems to be falling into place so far. To me, it's all about the excitement around Georgia football nationally. Um, 
I mean, I think the the Ole Miss thing is is uh, a, an illustration. But after we've uh, like, oh well, Fromm's a Georgia guy. I like these a Georgia guy. I mean, you know, I'm what Kirby? Yeah, Kirby. I, I mean, I can say I can say honestly, what's well, a good thing? I can say I used to drink with him, and I mean a lot of other things. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are pointed in a direction we haven't been pointed in a long time, and that's great. I mean, Georgia is. The way it has always considered itself, right? We, we are finally, at least for at least for these glorious six weeks, yeah. and right we'll see, now. There's a long way to go. We are what we've always thought we were, right? And and for me, that this goes back to the thing I brought up at the very beginning of the podcast. Now we're going to see how everybody reacts. Yep. In that moment, uh, yep. now that they are that thing that everybody they wanted to be. And real quick, I think for me, I just. What excites me about Kirby leading the football program is how excited he gets on the field. Yeah, and I am one hundred percent. Will's with you brought it up. Tony's brought fun. it up. That is great from him jumping up and down and it's so non Saban. It's yeah. so non Saban. Yeah. All right, next podcast review. Um, it's from A Hall forty four. What an A Hall! <laughs> yeah, A Hall. Um, I don't really uh, see if you follow this. I read it a couple times and I was kind of like, okay. Uh, the title is the Bryce Ramsey of podcasts. What? It's a five-star review. Okay, okay, I'll get it. I'll take it. Hey, back off of Bryce Ramsey. He was dual threat. But listen to what he, the guy he says. He can throw it and kick it. Yeah, this podcast, <laughs> this podcast can do it all. <laughs> throw interceptions, throw incompletions, and even punt. But more often than not, it's as good as a fake punt run by a former stud QB recruit turned backup punter on fourth and six in a ball game. Tack on 11 more yards for the good guys. Hey, I'll take that as a compliment, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah. that's What's a compliment. the question? There was no question. There's no question. But thank that was you. A, thank you. Love. Thank, thank you, A-Hall. Thank you for the review. Um, okay, David Anastasio. Uh, he asked. Yeah, so he says, great podcast, five-star review. <laughs> Huge dog fan here in Syracuse, New York. Yeah, boy. And I love all the content I can find for UGA SEC podcasts online. I can be selective. And choose to listen to your podcast every week. Oh, well, thank you. Great job by all three of you <laughs> sharing your analysis. Dude, your wife's family's from Rochester. <laughs> oh, love, love, love. Buffalo. Sharing your analysis and fandom. Keep up the good work. Question. What type of bourbon do Tony and Will drink during shows? Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on. Hold, on. He says, hold on. he says, I'm guessing Woodford Reserve or Maker's. Okay, this is a hard question. This is, so e- this is quite an easy question. It's so easy, we're going to let it, Scott answer it. Yes. It's Maker's Mark. Maker's yeah, boy. Maker's Mark. Except last week. Well, yeah, so last we, week, well, we branch out. Yeah, well, last what was the thing I got? Larceny. Larceny. So, because I went to the uh, the Five Points Bottle Shop here, and I was about to buy the Maker's Mark, and I'm sure the, the guy just got like a commission. But he, but he came over, and he said, uh, I was buying the Maker's Mark. He's like, you know, we've got Larceny. It's basically the same thing, but it's got less, less of the spice to it. Uh, he, like he was wrong. It was yeah. good, but it yeah. was not Maker's. So I bought it because I wanted something special because it was our first show at the new at, at the new digs. So I brought it and I got it. But I will say, I was more wobbly on the next morning than I usually am. Yeah. And I was like, we went right back to the Maker's Mark. Not that Maker's Mark is you know like natural light, but uh, Larsen had was a little higher proof that I was quite ready for for someone that has a lot of. That was David, right? Yes. Okay. I just, I just, yes. I just, I just tweeted at him. So oh, good. Yes. Uh, all right. Next podcast review uh, is from Hobbs. 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 Um, Ninety SC. Whatever that means. Deep thinker or a tiger. Um, it, it's titled. I just assume tiger. <laughs> titled awesome. Five star review. He says love podcasts and love UGA football talk to help get me through the week. 
Do you think there is any chance this 2017 squad is making us too excited simply because Mississippi State and Tennessee were really not that good? I mean, he's, it's possible. Hobbs is bringing us down a little bit. All right. I'm going to answer this question because I've been, I've been Debbie Downer. Mm-hmm. Here's my take on this. Anytime you beat Tennessee on the road and you make their fans leave in the third quarter, that's a good thing. Anytime you went at home and you stop them inside the five-yard line on the last two plays of the game when they're trying to score a pride touchdown and you've got third team in, that's a good thing. Does it really matter? I, I couldn't say it any better. That, was, that might be my ringtone. <laughs> that was excellent. That was a I'm, great I'm sorry. The answer is yes. <laughs> All right. So another podcast review comes from a man named Goob or Gob. Jo- no. The jo- Job. Did you, you didn't watch Arrested Development. Oh, Did you ever watch Arrested Development? No. Okay. That's what's Did I mess it up? Yes. Man, yeah. So everybody that watched Arrested Development is laughing at me because that I would be an accurate statement. Okay. Yes. Well, that's fine. I mean, I, I mean, did you watch Lost? David Cross? I did watch okay. Lost. Did you watch uh, Walking Dead? I did. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes. Okay. Well, see, I would get those references. Okay. <laughs> I'm Heisenberg. Yes. Yes. That's a, uh, that's a, uh, uh, yeah, but no. First of all, wonderful show coming back. Man named Job. Man named Job. But yes. with a G. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Cool. George, yes. David Cross. Yes. All right. No, uh, David Cross. Uh, Will Arnett. Oh, Will Arnett. Yeah. Sorry. Five star review. Wonderful UGA pod for all of us dog fans. Reviewing the dogs from an inside Athens perspective. The gang, I like how he gives us the gang. It sounds like Scooby Doo. We should get t-shirts. The gang combines enough X's and O's to satisfy the hardcore hardcore football junkie with the ups and downs that all SEC fans face. The trick, or illusion, that's in brackets, to this podcast is the unique background of the hosts. Will Leach, professional sports writer covering his hometown team, Ish. Ish. I, mean, Ish. I live Ish. here. CeeLo. Waller, lifelong dog, and Duvall, professional producer with a passion for the team. Podcasts? <laughs> Don't I miss mean, these guys. Like Those are all accurate statements. Don't miss these guys. They know that there's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> See, another Arrested Development reference. I had no idea what that yes. meant. I was like, nice. okay. So well done. Thank you, Job. No, no questions? Yes. No questions, just, just that. And then we got one more, one and more. I'll let y'all just read that from Peyton. Says go dogs, go dogs. Five star review. So hey, I really appreciate all of these reviews. That me, it really does a lot for our rankings and everything. In all seriousness, uh, so keep it up. We really enjoy answering your questions. Um, keep with the little innuendo or fun little messages. Uh, the subtext that you want to put in there, that's also good. So, A fellow um, podcast guy, like, like I produce podcasts yes. like you do, and I would say one thing that's always very frustrating is someone that does podcasts that are not involved with like a larger network, for example. Right. Where like I, I was on the Scholar, uh, the Scholar Brothers podcast recently, and they had done th- two, three episodes over the span of eight days, and they had 4,000 reviews because they just had some network that did all some sort like, of We're bull, building a network. Yeah, some all bull... Who crap uh, right. that they all that they all just had this fake stuff that none of those people actually listen to podcasts. So the way for like independent podcasts like ours to be able to be seen a little bit is to give us nice reviews and to get those numbers up and I mean, not be fake like the Sklar Brothers who are terrible people. Horton, the Sklar Brothers are awesome; they're very nice guys. But uh, the, the point is, a lot of those, I listen to Sklar Brothers. Yeah, they're totally great guys. They're awesome. But the point is, is that like a lot of those networks. Uh, uh, are they gin up those numbers a little bit? So, are the only way for us independent people to fight it is for people like you to give us reviews. I'm just saying, thank you very much. You have validated Scott. 
Sure. No, you like Scott. You really, really like Scott. Yeah, he's, all, he's committed to the G. In all sincerity, the way that we aren't. In all sincerity, I really appreciate you doing that and all the engagement you do with both the w, uh, WSLS podcast and mine and Will and Scott's personal tweet uh, Twitters. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And so speaking Brilliant. of Twitter, we got a couple questions on the Twitter. Now I wanted to include um, this. Uh, one, two, two sentences. Uh, what? What? Two sentences. Quite answers. Well, 140 characters. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, not not well. He has two hundred eighty. I I don't have two eighty, but I what? want two eighty. I do not have two eighty. I want, I want two eighty. Oh, I want two eighty. So Alex Anderson has two eighty. It's crazy. Alexander, it's, it's supposedly random. <clears throat> Alexander Pierre. He he comments and and likes our stuff a lot. My favorite he, Quebecois. He uh, asks Fields' commitment and impact on the quarterback position and future Easton transfer. Wildcat packages for Fields or redshirt. Uh, asked and answered. Yeah, we, we did kind of cover that, yeah. but I think uh, yes for Wildcat packages next year and redshirt, no way. He, I, I would imagine part of the deal. Yeah, he was told he to play. Yeah, early, yeah. Early. And then uh, shout out to Generation X. Just Gen to, X, nice. Uh, By the way, she Scott, Scott was committed to the G early and emphatically. She is a uh, uh, she's a former uh, WGA uh, radio hostess. Um, I don't know if I'm down with her. She's she's pretty awesome. Her uh, she said, "I get bonus points for not being a blind homer." Yeah, her uh, she married a drummer from a band, an Athens area band. They live in San Diego now, Um, and as I understand it, they're coming back for a love tractor show that I hope to go to later uh, either later this year or. There's like four shows in a row in February I need to go to the drive-by truckers. uh, That's the the homecoming show, right? Yeah. Oh, Peter Buck and the lead singer for Slater Kinney. Um, All of these oh, things sound good. God. And then Love Tractor, which I saw last year. Um, and there's another show I was going to go to. But yeah, Jen's awesome. Nothing but love. Yeah. So I got to keep the podcast reviews and questions coming on Twitter Filthy or friends. on the podcast. I we I appreciate it. them. So, uh, but that that's going to do it, I think, for this show. It's only two and a half hours. It's it's getting long. It's getting long. That's why I'm kind of cutting y'all off. But um, but it's you know. fun, man. Like, listen, I will say it's been exciting for we've been. This is our third year of doing this show. It is clear that when you have a very good team to talk about, the kind of, like there's been a verve, an extra little bump. Yeah. it's been fun from uh, uh, this week because we saw it with Vanderbilt show. We've seen it now. There's fun stuff happening. So uh, let's just keep it up and keep having fun. Let's talk about Scott Sears some more. Yeah, they only go down and up. It's, it's so weird. It's it's it's, um, it's unreal. All right. All right. So what are we saying? I don't even know. I, I, how do we? Fi- I how do we how finish? finish this? Oh, I got it. Go dogs. Go dogs. Let me save it right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's our cold open. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And also a big shout out to all of those listeners who left us podcast reviews and asked us questions, whether it was through iTunes or via Twitter. We'd really love to continue this. So keep those reviews and questions rolling in. Maybe you've already left us a review and still have a question. Don't worry about it. Just send us a tweet and we'll try to get it answered on a preview podcast next week or the week after, whenever you send it in. And uh, before I forget, even though the dogs will be off next week, we will still be here. Not sure the type of format we'll take because we definitely won't be previewing a game. But if Georgia takes care of business versus Missouri on Saturday night, the cocktail party might actually warrant two weeks worth of preview shows. So stay tuned. And have a great rest of your week. Hope to see you all on campus this Saturday. And if you're interested, 
After the music fades out, I included a minute or so of uh, pre-podcast banter of us goofing off as we got set up. So maybe you'll like that. Maybe you'll get a laugh out of that as well. I don't know. But that'll do it for episode 106. Go dogs. Strong. I mean, that's that's coming in hot. <laughs> I just had to state the obvious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just now, our podcast would be if these two cats stayed down there. Right, also All say, we need is to add Charlie and Wiggles and Wynn to the conversation. Wynn would be the problem. Add, add, uh, some, add some of your humor by giving me the network key. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Tell me a joke. Wide. W-I-D. What did zero say to eight? Nice belt. Nice belt. Nice belt. I get it. Oh, that's pretty good. Not wide Do I want to share the Wi-Fi password for my Spectrum with Will Leach? Yes. That's what just popped up here. How did it do that? I've never seen a pop. Tony Waller? No, because I'm not on Apple. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh no. Alexa, who is Will Leach? Oh boy. Here's something I found on Wikipedia. Leeches are segmented worms that the Lord such as earthworms. Leeches share a clidellum and are hermaphrodites. That ended with hermaphrodites. I just asked. I'm recording all of this. Nice. Cold open. Cold open. All right, boys, you want to give us some high fives and let us podcast this thing up? Go on, dudes. Good night. Walker. I kind of want to stay down here. Good night, Walker. Good night, Jack. Good night, dude. (laughs) Walker, where's your your swag? (laughs) Nice swag. Attack the day. Attack the day. Make sure the day is attacked. Attack the day. Don't attack the people. Don't want to attack the people? I'm probably not going to attack the day, to be honest. That's what we say when we we let them out from school in the morning. Like, Walker, attack the day, but don't attack people. I was going to take a call. Oh, I am from Brian Leach. That's <laughs> Brian Leach. It's my very favorite Brian Leach. <laughs> okay. See you, dudes. See you.